Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hard Ground Homies podcast. So in this episode we start off with the big talking point from this game week. After 5 game weeks, VAR finally shows its inconsistent face again. Yeah, sometimes I feel the VAR has ruined football for some reason. Yeah. I just felt the game was more fluidic without VAR and like yeah, some decisions were wrong, but I just think the VAR controversy is very debatable. Every decision is being looked at like differently, I guess. Yeah, uh, the thing is there should be some sort of consistency. Like you consistently get it wrong or right. Correct. VAR has been all over the place. Like when you think a decision is right, suddenly it's wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Can't put a finger on VAR. So like let's move to the first game that was affected by VAR. Uh, Manchester City versus Southampton. Uh, what do you think was uh, Kyle Walker's challenge a penalty? Yeah. It- Looked like a penalty to me. I mean, he didn't get the ball. He came across the forward and just you know uh, pushed him to the ground. I, it looked like a clean foul for me. I, I, I still don't understand how VAR gave it as no penalty. I mean, it was uh, ref decision, but looked like a penalty to me. Yeah, I, I also thought it was a penalty, and you know the ref actually gave the penalty and sent Kyle Walker exactly, off. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, VAR. And then VAR overturned the that. decision. Yeah, it looked like a penalty to me. I was actually surprised by the decision. Yeah, because he didn't get the ball from the look of it. Correct. He didn't, like didn't even get the ball. ball. Yeah. He just made a weird challenge. Yeah. Um, yeah but, but the uh, result has been shocking, though. Yeah. Like, apart uh, from that, it was yeah. a shocking result. I mean, City dropping points at home to Southampton. At home to Southampton is a shocker. Uh, coming back to the previous point of City not having a forward, they failed to score again. Yeah. This is again, you know, it it might come back to hurt them. Exactly, and like. It's kind of showing, I guess, with this game week where they did create a lot of chances, but they didn't find the uh, decisive person to put the ball at the back of the net. Yeah, and and it it goes back to you know one one of the points that I made in a previous episode, like any tactically sound, not tactically sound, but even if there's an organized defense, City might find it hard because you see Tottenham in the first game week, they were pretty organized, and Southampton have been pretty organized. They've gotten some clean sheets. I have to agree with you, and uh, I actually think Pep should have signed an all-out striker who's going to give you the goals game in and game out, like week in and week out. But like uh, this could be them not retaining their title this year because of a lack of striker. Yeah, but I mean they did try to sign Kane, right? It, the money yeah, wasn't did. an issue, <laughs> so who knows? They did. I mean, uh, maybe instead of signing Grealish, they should have pushed for a forward first, and then maybe. Grealish. I agree with that. They, they didn't have to buy Grealish. Yeah, they didn't need Grealish. Yeah. I mean, they already have uh, so many players who are very good at like exactly the same positions. But like, yeah, so like they could have pushed for a forward, and I'm sure they could have gotten. No, I mean, if they were in the market for Haaland, there was a chance he, like they could have signed him. I guess because you know um, Haaland's father also played for City. I actually agree. They could have actually gone for yeah, Haaland, yeah. and it's likely that they could have gotten a signing, but. To think Borussia Dortmund would send Sa- Sancho and Haaland in the same window, it's it's okay. It would have been difficult, but it's possible. I mean, uh, City should have at least tried. I guess I know. Obviously, Dortmund didn't want to sell Haaland, and uh, losing Sancho is also a big deal for them. But like, maybe if City had the right bid, because City is very yeah. capable of uh, putting the bid that probably tempts any other team. I guess. Yeah, it's true. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean. Lack of striker showing for sure. Yeah, and you know, as the fixtures get thicker, it's it's only going to show more. 
coming to the fixtures uh, city's next game is against chelsea and i think this game is going to be an eye opener as to you know uh, who who has their hands on the trophy this year i guess cuz six game weeks in i mean but <laughs> like uh, it's a very high profile game and both of them are title contenders according to many so uh, by seeing how they perform against each other we can say who has the edge at least yeah on that note i do agree because you know it's it's the first glimpse of what's going to be you know an exciting contest and this is between two heavy i think the heaviest title contenders this season so yeah it's it's going to be a good game i i do think chelsea will nick it with home advantage even uh, even i think chelsea will nick it especially after uh, you know city dropping points against southampton and looking little uh, Yeah, they were they were a little you know Off. rusty. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, Chelsea um, with the form they have going right now, uh, if they keep their form up, I think they can easily uh, get three points, especially you know playing at Stamford Bridge at home. Um, yeah, we'll talk about Chelsea later. But now I want to move on to the next team that was affected by a VAR decision, Burnley against Arsenal. Did you think that was a penalty? So for me, it was a penalty. because uh, you know i agree the keeper had touched the ball at the same time he did take the player out i mean for me it's a penalty because you know uh, see the uh, the forward had the possession and he touches the ball away from the keeper and the keeper does touch the ball but like i think because the forward has possession i think the forward gets a priority over here according to me and plus um, even getting the ball off the player is no reason for him to make contact with the player I think uh, you know the keeper has to try his best to avoid contact with the forward so I, for me it's a penalty. Yeah, I I'm I'm inclined to agree with you on that because you know just because they get the ball it doesn't mean they can make challenges which come in contact with the player right? But I think there are two factors at play here. One is obviously the ball contact and the second one is Vidra's touch is probably taking him away from the goal. And exactly. th- that's probably what convinced the referee to kind of overturn it after taking a look. But I still think it's not justified, you know. I still think it should be a penalty because yeah, he, he gets very little of the ball. It's it's a deflection yeah. at best and it's it's all, it's almost as if it's just luck because the forward is taking the ball away from him and he just put the uh, put his leg in the right place and the yeah. ball just touch. I don't know. I mean, for me it's a penalty. I think it should have been a penalty. We are we are being controversial again. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> Arsenal get away with it again i mean they scored a great goal yeah it was a beautiful goal goal by odegaard um i think odegaard might be the person stepping up for arsenal you know taking up that responsibility of uh, getting points for arsenal in some ways and like uh, this goal it's a really good goal and like uh, could be you know uh, a very positive for arsenal yeah it was a really good goal but you know the game was still there for the taking you know it could have easily been 1-1 so Do you somehow Arsenal are surviving this and uh, you know that teeth yeah do you think it's because they're unable to kill off games or they're just being unlucky with their chances because they did create a few chances I mean I really don't know what Arsenal's faults are here exactly <laughs> like it's been I've said it since game week 1 I don't know what's at play over here with Arsenal I don't know if it's a tactics or the lack of players or the lack of people stepping up and like taking responsibility or you know lack of experience it, i think it's a factor of all of them i mean most of them if not all of them i think it's a uh, combination of multiple factors that just lead into arsenal's downfall at the moment but 
two two game weeks two wins the positive for arsenal and hopefully you know, they keep this momentum going up and you know gather some points yeah i agree a win is a win in the end a win is a win exactly yeah. doesn't matter how you get it as long as you get it yep uh we then move on to the third var affected team leicester city did you think that was a penalty yanik westergaard being pulled by mope but the ball hitting his hand and you know yeah so this was ball. not a penalty for me because he was pulling him down i mean yeah i i, I completely agree this was uh, leicester were very hard done by this correct yeah uh, mope is uh, <laughs> he's he's playing with them again and you know he's he's literally holding on to westergaard correct correct and i don't know how the how the vr didn't like uh, see that i mean he's legit put his uh, he's 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 literally hugging the hand of the other guy and yeah. pulling him down and so is is obviously natural for his hand to go up when he's falling so uh, for me it was not a penalty but we are being controversial again i mean yeah this this was a very bad decision i think uh, that's 3 out of 3 bad decisions so far <laughs> according to us at least uh yeah uh, a bad decision but brighton made the most of it and you know we had questions whether they could they could keep up with one of the big teams and they've proved us wrong i mean the result says they won but like the game was very close and even those two uh, offside goals at the end i mean it was very, i mean see even this game like by a flip of a coin could have just resulted in a in a different i don't think brighton looked very confident and convincing but i mean they did get the result that they desired but like were they convincing enough you know economy no yeah i absolutely not yeah, I and mean, i think this was their first big test and like they did win no no doubt but it wasn't as convincing like the var decision was the difference correct, correct. in the end it was that var decision and the penalty <laughs> <laughs> yeah and leicester also were hard done by some var decisions for offside like you said yeah. uh, the final var decision multiple decisions in the next game west ham united versus manchester united uh i think there were easily 3 4 var decisions that were wrong and you know in the other games at least the ref took a look at it and changed the decision but this game the ref was he was garbage <laughs> he, he just had a bad day in the office and so did the var officials there were i think four four or five incidents that could have that that were easily given as a that could have been given as a penalty but was a wrong decision what what do you think yeah i mean uh some of them did look like penalties to me like uh, i i mean i you can't say it was garbage for everyone right it can't be garbage for the i mean it can't be bad refereeing by the referee and the vr official but it right? was i mean <laughs> like that's just sad no, look uh, it's it, almost like the referees have a personal vendetta against manchester united and didn't want them to win or something look it's not just united if i spoke from a neutral's perspective huh. west ham also got a penalty that wasn't given correct so i think it was i think it was yarmolenko or socek or someone uh, vlasic he was offside and he came and wan bisaka sli- did a slight tackle right and the referee gave it as a foul for manchester united <laughs> it, that makes no sense initially when it happened i thought it was because he was offside <laughs> correct but if i took a look, if i took a look at the replay it's a clear penalty that's one and the two ronaldo penalties I think I think that was clear as day. It's it's a penalty. Wait, one was Zuma one and the other one was uh, Sufal the knee. Oh yeah, correct. Huh. Yeah, I think those were clear penalties. Yeah, those those. I mean, I think on another day it would have been two penalties for yeah. easily. Patrick for Ronaldo. And <laughs> even the final penalty that Mark Noble missed, the right. referee didn't actually give it. 
Correct, but, but that was yeah. a penalty for me. That it was. Yeah, I mean that's what I'm saying. His hand was sticking out clearly. Yeah, I mean yeah. All of them were penalties. Correct, correct. It correct. was just bad refereeing. Right, right. And VAR came into effect only for the last one, so right. they got the penalty, which I'm so happy. Mark Noble missed. I <laughs> hate him. I hate him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean Ronaldo continues his scoring run, right? I mean when the opposition keepers are feeding the ball to the striker, I mean. <laughs> You've got to make good runs to make the goalkeepers. <laughs> I mean, make uh, an error. no doubt, uh, Ronaldo's at the right place at the right time, and like um, his hunger for goals is just crazy good. But like, I have to say, the keepers are like, I mean, kick the ball away or do something. I mean, you can't, you know. Actually, even more than kicking the ball away, I think the defenders should have uh, covered the rebound. I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's mostly the yeah, defenders. Yes, yeah, defenders. I mean, the, the keeper rebound. has to block. It's it, it's very hard for him to. Catch those or whatever, but like the defender should react quicker to clear the ball or something. I don't know how Ronaldo got a clear run for the rebound. Yeah, I guess that's just his quality. But at the same time, he should have had a lot more goals. He did have a lot of chances, and if you consider the penalties in as well, who knows? Yeah, but um, uh, a very intense game. Uh, West Ham getting lucky with a deflection and a goal again. That was a deflection. At the same time, I think he was. Uh, Bad defending by Varan, you know he's uh, turned his head. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's looking away from the ball and he's uh, side body, and yeah. like I mean it yeah, was deflection, it's, it's it was an unfortunate goal. It's a but little cowardly. Yeah, it's yeah. a little cowardly. I mean you 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 defend with your chest out. Yeah. You're saying so. Uh, you, you take it if you have to. You have to end up in the hospital. Exactly. You put the body on the line, right? <laughs> so for me it was bad defending. So I mean even though it was a deflection, which is unfortunate, it was also bad defending. So it's yeah. fair. You know. Out of the four goals they've conceded, three of them have come like this, and <laughs> most yeah you could say it's bad defending, but at the same time the deflection could have also ended on the other side of the net, so it's it's bad defending and bad luck I guess. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I think uh, luck plays a part in football. Yeah, <laughs> we saw that in many games this game week, <laughs> but yeah, uh, another win with Jesse Lingard scoring a late late goal. I mean. Uh, See, even this game. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on his return to West Ham, <laughs> breaking their hearts. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's Lingard's strike was really good, and uh, what I was saying is, uh, United took this game till the end to win it. So it was until 89 minutes. You know, the game could have ended as a draw. It could have. I mean, uh, see, the scores two one, and Lingard just scored in the last few minutes, and there was a penalty that missed. I'm just saying, this game wasn't. A hundred percent convincing from United's point of view. You you say that, but at the same time, if the penalties were given, it could have it could have been a t- totally different game. You know, yeah, I get your point. I mean, like my point is, you know, get a goal, score another, kill the game off. Yeah, that's Th- that's true. how that's how you win. Le- that's how you win trophies. That's that's true. Yeah, but we are not wi- used to winning trophies. <laughs> we do this the hard way. I but, mean, like many but, people consider. United has title contenders. This is why yeah. I don't because you know they are getting their points. No doubt they are getting three points a week in week out. But the games don't look as convincing as they should, according to me, for them to win trophies at least. I partly agree, and but for the other part, I would say you know they've been a bit unlucky with the deflections, and you know if the decisions do go their way, it would be a totally different story. Like when you see the scoreline as four one as opposed to two one, or it could have been two two. Right. You know, you you would think, oh wow, okay, they they played really well, mm-hmm. they scored many goals, but yeah, it it is what it is. It is what it is. I mean, uh, uh, it's just my opinion where I'm saying United 
does not look like title contenders but yeah. like i think time will tell time will tell for sure yeah. i think even united uh, have to adjust to this new uh, new tactics that they are playing with cristiano yeah, and sancho know, and sancho actually looks very very off like like the the boy in dortmund was so good he just does not look you know, like the, i would say this is exactly like chelsea last season like lampard the lampard phase sancho a uh, boy from the german league right just like havertz havertz yeah struggling in his first few games yeah ah, who knows what will happen next let's week see, with the see. champions league <laughs> that would be nice but yeah uh, i think we're stuck with him and i i said this in the last episode itself we're going through the lampard phase and he doesn't have any tactics like it's look at this game again lingard an individual brilliance True. a moment of brilliance that won them the game and this is what irritates me like if you see any experienced manager klopp guardiola tuchel they have a style of play right and they enforce it on the team so it doesn't matter what players on the pitch they will play according to that style that's not the same at united if you take away the first 11 the b team is just it's it, the crap yeah i mean uh, this is also where you know there's a uh, squad depth a factor it's not just the depth it's like your depth should be able to play like your first yeah, right, team yeah right right the style should be right. there yeah 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 like that that's what i'm irritated about yeah. like you see the b team they will not play as good as the a team of course they will not beat leeds 5-1 they will not beat newcastle 4-1 i can guarantee that and that's what irritates me when the cup games come when the fa cup <laughs> and you know all the lower games it won't be as easy to win and that will show that's true time will show if united are actually like uh, contenders for the title yep So moving on it was a straightforward victory for uh, Liverpool at the Anfield against uh, Crystal Palace. I mean the scoreline says so but you know yeah. when it was 1-0 I thought Crystal Palace had some chances to equalize. They did they did but like uh, I don't think Crystal Palace was ever getting one over Liverpool. I think Liverpool was going to come out with 3 points regardless. That's true. They did look strong though. I mean That's true. Yeah, I think I think Liverpool were always the favorites here. Yeah, and like uh, Salah had a few shots that could have gone in and you know, Salah looks very commanding and dominating and filled with confidence. Like he's you know, scoring week in week out. Yeah, and you know, I, with the kind of form he's in, they're definitely going to miss him when he goes for Afcon. Oh yeah, Afcon. Yeah. And that's what makes me think that you know, Liverpool are also not going to be title contenders because Yeah, because you take away one player from the Liverpool 11 is just a weaker squad. That is true, but yeah. more than one player are going to go, right? Right, right, right. It's 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 going to hurt them. But I think it's only going to be for four games, and if they have favorable fixtures, who knows? They might be able to stay in the race. Four games is a lot. It is. Like we've seen Premier League being decided on goal difference. Yeah, but yeah, I don't think they have any hard fixtures right, during right. those four games. Mm-hmm. So if Diego Jota, <laughs> Firmino, and uh, Minamino <laughs> come I mean, to the party. they can they can they they're can. fully capable of and uh, sadio mane scores his 100th premier league goal uh i think uh, i think i think he's not had as great a uh, scoring record as let's say mohammed salah right of course not uh, yeah i mean he's been in the premier league for quite a while with southampton and then liverpool you'd have thought he reached 100 goals much before this that's true but uh, scoring 100 goals is not a um Not an easy feat. Not not a lot of people reach those figures. Yeah, it's true. It yeah, shows not, some. Not every striker who plays in the Premier League scores 100 goals. Yeah, it shows some sort of longevity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, true. It's a pretty good achievement. Yeah. And what about uh, Naby Keita's goal? What oh. a goal, dude! Uh, you think that's the goal of the week or Jesse Lingard's? I think Jesse Lingard's is a 
I think you know considering the time and place I think Jesse Lingard is yeah. more uh, it's more important yeah, it's more important and the weight of that goal because it was 1-1 it was the 89th minute or whatever it is and like uh, he just showed up and scored that wonderful goal so I think goal of the week for me is Jesse Lingard's yeah it's a difficult pick for me because the emotion of Jesse Lingard's goal is crazy you know right, heart right. heartbreak for the West Ham fans exactly and especially after the beautiful through ball that he gave against United yeah <laughs> a bit of redemption also actually yeah it uh, was great great redemption for him after the yeah. midweek uh, horror show <laughs> but yeah i think technique wise nabiketa's goal is really good yeah, like volleys are very hard to execute and like yeah. full props full, full props for him uh what about liverpool's next game week though uh, brentford away like, do you think they're going to take a you know leapfrog over chelsea it's very possible because you know chelsea city is always a very hard game regardless of where it's played cuz city has been you know playing well but like uh, in the few in the past few years city's been well but like uh, i actually think liverpool might edge it this game week yeah cuz i see liverpool beating brentford and getting three points for sure but like city chelsea of course i want chelsea to win but like uh, You know, for some reason I think it might be a draw. Yeah, exactly. It could I was about to say that. You yeah, know, it could end up in a draw and Correct. Liverpool somehow, could somehow still Somehow I feel no team will edge it and will just be, you know, a hard fought draw. Yeah. That's that that's possible, you yeah. know, and both teams are equally strong exactly. defensively and offensively. Exactly. I don't see Chelsea losing for some reason. I see them I see I see this season as a draw or a win for Chelsea. But do you think they'll dominate the game? No, I I'm, I'm telling you that's what I'm saying. This game's going to be a very tactical, very, you know, very structured game very yeah. hard fought game where you know nobody is dominating and the positions also like yeah you know, city always love to play with possession so so do chelsea yeah so it's going to be an interesting yeah uh, i mean so like for liverpool to cement their position especially as you said you know losing some players for the afco and all they shouldn't be dropping points here yeah this is uh, the moment yeah. where they this is where they establish themselves they get top, that yeah. they get that comfort for yeah. when the players leave exactly that's so true. like that's true i agree this is where they have to you know edge on top and you know try maintaining that spot yep and speaking of chelsea who are competing with liverpool we come to the big game of the week the super sunday fixture chelsea versus tottenham yeah i mean that substitution by tuchel at 45 minutes in who take out an attacking player for a defensive mid essentially and change everything in the game that was a game changer that was But that was a that was a move and a half yeah i mean this is how, this is this is the difference between you know as you said ole and you know established managers like tuchel you know they exactly. know what they're doing exactly they're like dude i mean they, they see the intensity is lacking in the first half they're like you know we need more intensity who do we bring on kante it's that it's that the mind of a tactician that comes into play and you know uh, i didn't see kane and son apart after the first first half i didn't see they just yeah i don't know magic show i think i think it was a tale of two halves the first half was kind of close actually yeah, yeah it was yeah. it could have gone either way yeah yeah but then the substitution made all the difference yeah. as soon as the substitution happened the game just changed it changed and as as soon as chelsea got the first goal you could just see that yeah they took over the game exactly and i mean the game could have ended 5-0 easily yeah. easily I mean <laughs> if Rudiger and Silva are scoring uh, so I, I really like that thing about Chelsea where you know uh sometimes even the defenders you know score goals you know you don't you don't you don't actually need to see you know uh go for a Lukaku to score all your goals the team is structured and playing in such a way that a goal can come from anywhere an Alonso goal an Aspilicueta goal or you know a Rudiger or a Silva 
everyone's on the score sheet exactly and you know even when they're 2-0 up all right. the defenders are rudiger silva are pushing up the field right. normally when you're 2-0 up you, you would think sit back and park the bus yeah you know you'll be like you kill the game you just ended there but no they went up and they got the rewards for it and and that's good playing style yeah yeah oh uh, there's this interesting fact as to you know liverpool and chelsea have the same results so far like every like it's it's been identical 3-0 victories oh, wow. 1-1 draws Oh wow! Victories and 3-0 victories. Yeah, if you look back the f- at the fixtures, 3-0, exactly. 2-0, yeah. 1-1, 2-0 again, and 3-0. Exactly. Even Chelsea oh, wow. has the same record. It's been identical. Only because Chelsea drew against Liverpool at Anfield, Chelsea's on top at the moment. That that such fine margins for a difference, huh? Exactly. Ah, <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, it's it's a pretty cool stat. It's a very cool stat, but like I think uh, Chelsea have the edge because I think they played a little uh, tougher opponents. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. you know, Liverpool are fully capable of thrashing definitely any sort of opposition. Definitely. But you know, surprisingly, they didn't do that against Chelsea with a man Ten down. Man, yeah, yeah. But I still think they're capable of doing it. For sure. Chelsea are looking really strong, according to me. And I think, I think you know, the next uh, next game week also uh, against City, they just uh, come on top for me. I think, I think they're the most balanced team. Like they don't have. It's hard to pinpoint a weakness. You see the striker Lukaku. You see the uh, wingers, uh, wing backs Alonso and uh, uh, Reese James on a on a good day. And right. when he's not there, Aspilicueta when uh, Reese James is not there. I mean, they've got good balance. You point their midfield. You have Kovacic, Kante, defense Rudiger, uh, Silva. Yeah, and and the thing is, uh, they have such good squad, squad depth where you know even if. Uh, one of the players misses out during injury or something. They have an equally good replacement who can fill in this, uh, fill in the gap in the lineup. And this is why Chelsea look like you know they're winning the title for me. Yeah, I mean, in terms of strength, I'd say Liverpool and City are up there, but right. they don't have the depth. Exactly, and like, plus, if you're playing, you know, a week, a game in the week and weekend, you know, it takes a toll in the yeah. du- in the duration of the full season, especially with uh, you know Christmas. December, it's just it's just brutal for the players. Yeah, they're playing three games a week and all. So and yeah. and even if City come close in terms of depth, they don't have the quality striker and it's showing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah. So in other fixtures, uh, Aston Villa beating Everton three nil with Leon Bailey putting a super sub performance. Yeah, I mean, uh, what a wonderful goal he scored, and uh, Aston Villa look really good this game. You know. The first goal by Maddie Cash was really good. Yeah, and uh, you know they pressurized uh, Lukadinia for an own goal. Too. <laughs> I mean, Everton. I don't know. Everton were looking good, but you know this could be a hiccup where you know. Yeah, I think I think they will come back in the coming games. Uh, the next game, Watford versus Norwich City, which resulted in Watford winning and Norwich continuing their winless run. Uh, Predictions still going to come true. Norwich going yeah, to get relegated. Norwich get relegated. I mean, yeah, we kind of defended them saying easier fixtures might help them, but this certainly doesn't say that. That's true. And then Newcastle versus Leeds, which seemed to be a pretty entertaining game. Uh, the ballers scoring Rafinha and uh, Alan Saint Maximan. Both them scoring great goals, and I think you know uh, Saint Maximan could actually you know play for a bigger club and you know uh, play an integral part in a bigger club. Yeah, I fully agree. He has all the skills and, you know, uh, he could be a very value add to a better team, I guess. I fully agree. Moving on to the next game, which was the shock result for me. Brentford beating Wolves 2-0. Uh, 
definitely Amazing. a shocker for me also because you know I I picked a lot of uh, Bulls players on my team thinking they had uh, easier fixtures but you know Brentford looking really good actually you know ah. coming out on top you know yeah uh, <laughs> it was a bad week in in terms of defense uh, for FPL right I mean none of the defenders turned up Alexander for me, Apart from Rudiger, <laughs> it was a differential, but you know, Alexander Arnold, Semedo, yeah, for sure, for sure, even Shaw, yeah. and you know, Wolves. I, I was thinking, you know, this was the start of a good run for them, but they're proving to be inconsistent again. Exactly. I mean, you know, uh, I actually favored Wolves to win games from now on, at least for the next few game weeks. You know, uh, game against Southampton next week. You know, but. Yeah, this this loss like very it. shocking to me. Yeah, and Brentford continuing the beautiful trend of a red card for the fifth straight game week, fifth or fourth? I think fourth. Um, <laughs> is this going to continue? How long do you think this is going to go on for? I honestly feel it's going to be a red card every week. Yeah, I mean somewhere or the other. Especially with VAR making decisions like that, you yeah, never know. <laughs> exactly. So, Prani, what are some games that you would look forward to this coming game week? Yeah, so I. Chelsea City for sure. For sure. I mean, I'm surprised it's on a Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it should be a you know Super Sunday fixture. Super Sunday fixture, <laughs> anyway. And I think uh, Arsenal Tottenham will be interesting. The North London Both derby. Both of them are you know in and out of it. I think. Yeah, I think that's why they made. <laughs> I think Chelsea versus City should have been the Super Sunday. The North London derby isn't as interesting anymore. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think Wolves uh, and Southampton will be interesting to uh, interesting to see if you know Wolves can. Somehow recover form and carry a momentum yeah. towards. Yeah, and Southampton are suddenly playing well. You know, defensively they're pretty organized. Really, yeah. It'll be an interesting game for sure. Yeah, and uh, West Ham, you know, coming off of that game week, uh, game week against United to get back to winning ways against Leeds will be interesting to watch. I think Leeds are an easy target, and with yeah. Antonio back, exactly. I, I think I think they should take. He this. wants to be on score sheet for sure. You know, like yeah. you know, he's come back for to show dominance. Yep. And with that, we conclude another episode of the Hard Ground Homies podcast. Thank you for listening and do follow us on Spotify and your usual podcast provider app. You can also follow us on social media at the rate the HG Homies on Instagram and Twitter where you can find the links to our FPL and come play with us. That's it for this episode. I'm Ravi. And I'm Pranit. Signing out.